0: Amen. Welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. Um, I just want to encourage somebody. The Lord is here, and He knows your need. Um, He knows your need, and uh, I kind of believe with Rachel's word and with Justin's word, what a great word, by the way. Are y'all listening? Is anybody listening? Um, You've got to receive it. You've got to walk out of that jail. You know, when Paul was delivered, After praising the Lord at midnight and was delivered from jail, they had to walk out. They could have stayed in the jail, but we got to walk out. The Lord has delivered us, but he's waiting for us to choose him. He's waiting for us to follow him. And that's what today's message a lot is about, um, is following him. And I just want to remove the elephant in the room. If you don't already know, or if you do know, I'm not going to ignore it. But my dad passed away yesterday. But today's message is that God's got a plan. And this, these two things, did. I think that the Lord orchestrated this together. Um, I did not prepare this message based on my father's health. Uh, and yeah, it's hard. You guys have, are all walking through something. And, uh, but I want you to know that we, if you have received Christ, or if you're considering to receive Christ, that no matter what you face, you face it with hope. I have complete hope. There was a moment in worship that I literally forgot. You know, the uh, again, the word, forgive me. I, this is probably the way it's gonna be. And Pastor Justin, I don't know where you ran off to, but just be ready. <laughs> just be ready to, uh, I don't think I'm gonna bail on you. Y'all know me too well, but um, I might. Um, but... Uh, There is genuine hope. There is a new chapter ahead. Life hasn't ended. Life hasn't ended for him. Life hasn't ended for my mother. Life hasn't ended for my family. Life hasn't ended. This is life. Um, Death is as much of a part of our natural life as life is. It happens. Everyone, even those that were raised from the dead in Jesus' day, died. Those that he healed died. This is a part of life. And I believe with all my heart, as I prayed with someone today, you know, we need that confirming spirit to tell us that that Christ is with us. And I believe with all my heart, I know where he is. And we like, we say that, you know, when people die, well, he's gone to a better place. Well, yeah, we're still hurt. But he is. My father is in a better place. I know he is. I, I can't completely explain it to you except that I know. And if y'all know me, I'm a very stubborn person. My mother told me so. She used the word um, obstinate, and I had to go look it up. And uh, I don't change my beliefs easy. I hope that you don't. That what you believe, you believe for a reason, and you can prove it because it's true. And when you define your belief as not being true, you change but there is something in my spirit, according to God's word, according to his spirit, that I can't just explain except by faith that I know where he is. And I want to tell you today with this message today is God has a plan. Do you know that my dad's days were numbered before he was ever born? And he lived out every one of them. You can't circumvent God. Do you hear me? Maybe we feel like we were robbed. But when God numbers your days, there's there's no power in hell that can stop that. God's got it. And God's got him. But I want you to know again, listen to me, church, and those that might be sitting on the fence. God has a plan. He has a plan for you, John. Chapter 15, verse 16, said this. You did not choose me. You, being you, did not choose God. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. God does not do things randomly. You are not some random freak of nature that God said, oh, that just showed up. Now I've got to deal with that. You were planned. You were a part of the plan from the beginning. He's planned both for you and for us as a body. I don't know if you know this, but the Lord looks at us as a body, just like he looks at you individually as a body. We are, we are the body of Christ, and he has a plan for us. God planned your birth before you were ever conceived. I want you to look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I started to put you together in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart as holy. I chose you to speak to the nations for me. What were you chose to do? Speak to the nations for him. I know that probably in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh my gosh, he has prepared this because his father passed away. If you know me at all, I do not plan like that. I plan in advance. As much as I try to get, God tries to keep me from planning sometimes because I have such an issue with it that I circumvent his, sometimes I get in the way of him. But I want you to know this was planned before. I, I want you to hear me. He chose you. And he has delicately placed you on this sovereign time continuum, his big time continuum. And, and can, I, can I encourage you? God doesn't make mistakes. You're not a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. You can go search the word and try to find them. You know what that's a great thing to do is to try to prove God wrong? Because he'll prove himself faithful and he'll prove himself true. Go try to prove it. Go try to prove an unbeliever to take God's word and prove it wrong. They'll find him. Do you hear me? God doesn't make mistakes. If he wanted to, he could have had to, had you be born at a different time, maybe before Christ's birth, maybe during Christ, but he didn't. He chose today. He chose for you to be on this earth today, this century, this day and age. And he also could have programmed, he could the plan for you could have been for you to have lived in another nation. Have you ever thought what it would be like if you were born to another nation? That could have easily happened. I've had so many times to ask God, God, why was I so fortunate to be born into a Christian home? A protected, loving home where so many others aren't. So many others aren't. All I can do is just say, thank you, Lord. I don't know why. I think I need to find out why. It's for a reason. You didn't do this randomly. You did this on purpose. Why? Why? Because he has a plan. He has placed us here in the United States of America, and he's placed us here in this little small town of all good. Cookville, Monterey, Livingston, Hillham. Rickman, Birdstown, Crossville, McMinnville, Smithville, Sparta. God is in Sparta. I'm kidding, no. Being a Cookville CHS, we, we struggle with Sparta. That I'm kidding. I, it was a joke. We got to laugh a little bit. Um, Gainsborough. Where are you from? God God knows. It's on purpose. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the set of times for them and the exact places where they should live. Can you hear me? God has a plan for you. Thankfully, I don't know what that song is because I'd probably start singing it if I could figure it out. Appropriate or inappropriate. Um, But of all the places that God placed you, God placed you here. And of all the, the spiritual bodies, of all the spiritual families that God could have placed you in, He has placed you here. God is not random, He has a purpose, and it says that He places the lonely in families. He has placed us in our natural family. He has placed us in our spiritual family. Church, listen to me. This is not some social event to come and enjoy a Sunday morning. There is a plan of God at work in your life that you need to wake up to so that you can walk in joy. And you can walk in hope. And you can walk in purpose. It's time that we as a church body, it's time that you as an individual person have purpose and start fulfilling that purpose. God has determined the generation for us to live in. Look at Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has prepared this beforehand, and he has a plan for each of us. Now, it is our responsibility to find that plan, to find out that plan, and to begin to walk in it. God chose you for a specific purpose. And if God didn't have expectations for you to succeed in that purpose, he wouldn't have stuck you there. God has a plan of success for you, a future, and a hope to bless you, for you to succeed. That is God's plan for you. You have only one life to live on Christ, for Christ on earth. That is a YOLO. Anybody know what YOLO means, you older folks? I'm I'm going to uh, educate you. Young people, you know what it means? Shout it out. Thank you. You only live once. You only live once. Invest it wisely. You know, this earth may not be exactly what you think it is. I don't know if you realize, but we are spinning. We are moving. We are traveling at more than 6,600 miles per hour. This earth is on the move. It's rotating fast, faster than the spin cycle on your washing machine. And it's no wonder that the psalmist declares life to be as transient as a breath, the passing of our years but a sigh. James says it's it's like a vapor. Here today and gone tomorrow. Literally, our life flashes before our eyes. I want you to consider this for just a minute. Um, how long is eternity? How long is eternity? I want you to um, consider, just try to get a visual image of a cable, a cable, uh, a, cable line, uh, a wire, uh, a line going through this sanctuary. I've got yarn out, but I don't think we can um, visually see it correctly. But just to, like this light cable right here, but without the lights, a cable that starts right over here, maybe by this exit sign, and goes straight through to this side. And in both directions, it never stops. It goes on forever. I don't mean around the earth. If you knew that it went completely around the earth, does anybody know how long that would be? How long is it completely around the earth, the diameter of the circumference or diameter? Which one? 25,000 miles-ish, right? Justin's gonna Google it. I think it's 25,000 miles around the earth. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a line going out the door and never stopping. A line going out this door and never stopping. Can you imagine? Okay. What does that cable um, give us a vision of? Eternity. We're trying to get a vision of eternity. Are you with me? It goes on forever. No end in sight. Now, I want you to consider the length of your life in comparison to eternities. Now, if we could imagine that eternity is going, this is past, this is future. Would that be right? Would we care? South? North? Yeah. We'll say north is, okay, future, past. And right here in the center of the, of the cross, that's kind of cool, is Now. Okay, so we're now going to make a mark. If you can imagine a cable, we're going to make a mark of what our life span would look like. And it would be if you could just take a ballpoint pen and mark on it about an inch. That's the span of your life in comparison to eternity. Now, I would tell you, I think that's a drastic um, inaccurate mark. I think it needs to be way smaller because of eternity. But okay, am I trying to make you feel insignificant? Yeah, kind of. I'm gonna, I'm gonna build you back up, I promise. We're gonna tear the foundation down and build it back up. That's exactly what Jesus did at the cross, is he tore the foundation down and is building it back up. Do you hear me? Okay, so what, what does this represent? Our life today, not very long and we're gonna just call that a little mark or a scratch or a scrape. The trouble is most people think that's all we have. They think that that's all we are. We hold on to that little mark. We caress it. We love it. We save and we hoard for that little mark. And we live little scratch, little insignificant lives, little, little uh, scrape businesses, raise scrape little families with scrape little hopes and dreams. But we're doomed. They're doomed because that little mark will soon come to an end. Yet in God's grace, he gives us hope. Can I give you a little bit different interpretation of John 3.16? For God so loved you. For God so loved you that He gave His Son, that whomever would believe in Him would not perish, would not perish would not perish on that little scrape, on that little mark, but live an eternal life with Him. Do you hear me? Our life is not defined by right here. It is a portion of it, but it does not end there. Millions today still don't know that life goes beyond that mark. We end up trying to hang on to that mark, that little scrape, wondering, is that all there is? even in the midst of our futile efforts and confusion, do you know that even the lost know down deep there is something more? It's why they're searching. Do you know that the world is searching? The world is searching. They're looking. Do you know that the word of God says that God puts the hope or the idea of eternity into every heart? Let me show it to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity into the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. This is why even the world knows that there is more to long for. They are longing for more. There was a 17th century French philosopher named uh, Pascal that once said that there is a God-shaped void in the heart of everyone. And although they try to fill this void with worlds varied and wide available substitutes, the aching chasm can only be filled with God himself. The fact that you are here today, that you are here in this room, is that you, are, you have allowed or that you are allowing or you are considering to allow God filling that void. What an amazing grace God has extended to you. What a gift he is giving you. Now, I want you to know that God has a reason for saving us. We have a purpose. Salvation is not just divine life insurance, or is it some divine Christian fire escape? Have you all ever heard those expressions? If getting you to heaven was the only reason God saved you, then the moment you received Christ, don't you think God would have just taken you? Why leave us here to go through the pain and the struggle that we go through? But he didn't. He left us here. We're still here. I gave my heart to Jesus at five. I think that my salvation was settled then. Pastor, I don't know that you could completely understand at five. Take it up with God. I believe I could. It might have been a childlike understanding, but that's exactly the way God wants me. With all hope and belief that my daddy can beat up your daddy. Because he can Me versus the world, my daddy wins every time. Who's your daddy? Did somebody say Foff? God. (laughs) Amen. My dad's nickname was Foff, and I'm like, that was funny. God, that's my daddy. He's a good one, isn't he? Salvation includes you. But it's not all all about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. you remember the scriptures that we've already read that the Lord has, has placed Christ in us to do good works for him? To make his name known through us? The difference is Instead of him taking us immediately home when I was five, do you know what the Lord did? Was he came into my heart. The spirit of God, the literal spirit of Jesus came into my heart, never to leave me. Never. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in me and is in you. It's time to go out of here with a little bit of armor, a little bit of ammo, a little bit of confidence to know What I'm facing in the next day, I'm going to be doing my dad's funeral, which I really had to struggle with to do. But I can do it. And and me and my family can help my mother prepare for this next phase. And let me tell you, my mom has a great chapter ahead of her if we can just get to it. I want you to know that what you're facing, you've got a great chapter ahead of you if we can just start walking in it. Doesn't mean we remove the hurt. The hurt's still there. I still hurt but it's a hurt with hope. The Word of God doesn't tell us we're going to be free of suffering. We are going to suffer. There is suffering to do, but it's suffering with hope. Can you imagine suffering with no hope? I can't do that. That's where depression shows up and you can't get out of it. Someone with no hope. So what did he do to me at five? He came in and he filled my heart. But he gave me a message. He gave me a message of good news. He gave me a message that will save the world. And he expects me to now go and be his voice. At five years old, he did that to me. So that as I give that good news, that anyone who would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. The Lord has placed that good news in your heart, when you got saved, I want you to know he gave you a message, then he put you back on that little mark. He put you back on it, equipped, ready to go, ready for life. There is a purpose to your life, a divine plan for you. And I want you to know, church, soon that life is going to be over. But until then, we have a message to deliver. Can you imagine showing up? To the pearly gates, there you are before God, and we show up as a church, and and God says, Hey, church on the hill, y'all done a great, you know, you all had some great programs. VBS was awesome. Man, y'all put on a great um, harvest festival. Man, your Avery Trace thing was great. But I give you an F because you missed what I called you to do. Now that's a little bit harsh. Feeding the sick. Helping the widows, doing certain things are important, but what are we called to do? We are called to take that message and to deliver it. We are also called to be a family. You have a part to play in this family and to work and to serve together. There's a plan. But can you imagine as a dad that I show up and the Lord says, man, you you did all these things great, but man, you failed as a dad. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. I don't want to show up and have worked hard and done great things but missed the plan. Elizabeth sometimes as a teacher has people turn things in that are great work, but they didn't do what was asked. That was an awesome paper. It would probably even be published, but it has nothing to do with what I ask you to do. Church, do you hear me? I'm passionate. The Lord's placed a fire in my heart that we get on board with what he's called us to do. And we quit quit messing around and we start doing it. And allow the Lord to move in us in such a way we saw that we would bear fruit. Church on the hill would bear fruit. We would grow. Things would change. Lost would get saved. Sick would get healed. Broken hearts would get mended. It's time that we start moving. Me. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to you. Let me, let me, give, you a, let me give you a good example. Of us showing up and maybe getting a bad grade, individually or as a church. When we get to heaven, what are we going to see? Anybody ever thought about it? We're going to see pearly gates. We're going to see streets of gold. I believe we're going to hear choirs. I believe we're going to see the throne of God. I believe we're going to see the, uh, God himself and Jesus. I believe we're just going to see some amazing things that are going to be life-changing. And it's never going to get any worse. It's gonna, just going to get better. No sickness, no problems. But do you know one thing we will never see again? Is a non-Christian. We're not going to see another non-Christian. For the rest of eternity, we will never have the opportunity that the Lord has given us to share the good news of Christ. Now is the only chance that we have to tell others about the hope available to everyone beyond this mark, to tell the redemptive story that invites people to eternal life. I believe the Father's gonna ask us, man, great salary, great cars, who, did you do what I called you to do? Did you deliver my message? Did you reach the lost? Yeah, but Lord, look at our great new building that we've built out here. Look at our great stuff that we're doing. Yeah, that's great. Did you do what I called you to do? Are we about the Father's business? We have only one chance to accomplish what God has sent us to accomplish in that little span, and that's all. I want to show you something. Let's see. This is uh, the dates of my father, 1940 to 2016. And I once heard someone say that neither number is significant. The only thing that's significant is the dash. What did you do in that dash? And uh, I'm not going to give my... Sermon that I'm gonna be giving for the funeral, but I do want you to know that my dad had great impact in that dash. Great impact as a, in, a natu- in a natural sense, but in a spiritual sense, I believe he made many disciples. Had incredible impact for the kingdom. If you knew him at all, you will hear uplifting, positive hope. So as we look at the, at the dash of church on the hill or you look at your own dash, what is there? God has given us a second chance and he is, we are required to take advantage of it. It says in Mark eight thirty six, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his soul? We can usually point that to the lost, but I want us to point it to us. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but lose his soul? Forfeit his soul. As a follower of Christ, I think it could be said, what it would, pro- what would it profit a Christian if all his prayers were answered, a fine house, abundant income, blessings, but he missed the very reason for which God created him? What a waste that would be. And same thing for the church. Church on the hill, the harvest will not reap itself. But it will self destruct if someone does not get a hold of it. We are called to reap a harvest, but we have to go harvest. It is my heart, Church on the Hill. I believe the Lord has placed a vision of family and purpose for us. Family meaning you have a specific part to play. You are a piece of this body that this body cannot function fully without you. And it is your job as well as mine and the spirit of God in the body to help us find that place. There are eyes, there are nose, there are arms, there are elbows, there are um, ears, there are vital organs. There are so many pieces. There are ligaments. There are bones. Do you follow me? We have a specific piece to play here as a family, but we are called in Matthew 28, which is where we're going to go next week, to go and make disciples. That's not necessarily uh, as a body, that's individually. We come together as a body to function, to help meet the needs of each other. Then we go out and start to make disciples. That, I believe, is what our call is at Church on the Hill, is to be a family that has purpose. A family with purpose, a spiritual purpose, a spiritual plan, a plan for a church and a plan individually. God has an individual plan for you. He also has a plan for you in this body. And it's time we put put the sickle to the field. Sickle. Have you anybody here ever used a sling blade? It does not work by itself, it doesn't work by itself, it has to be picked up and used. So, I want you to take a moment as I close this morning and ask the Lord, Why did you create me? Why am I here? Why did you place me where I am? And I also want you to think about Church on the Hill. Why did you call this church into being? And why did you put it where it is? God makes no mistakes. I want you to know that this church body, I believe we have a lot going for us, but I want to identify two. One is we're incredibly welcoming. I think we're great at loving on each other. I think we're great at acknowledging new people and welcoming them in and making them feel like that you're, you're not a freak. I mean, we're, we're a bunch of freaks. But I believe you've got such a heart for people. But I also want you to know I believe that the Spirit of God is here, just like with Rachel's word. God just says, hey, I've got more for you today. And that word that I have for you is joy. Joy. I have joy for you and I've already unlocked the doors. You just need to step out into it. And I believe that part of us stepping out into it is us taking this sickle to the field. I believe that there is so much joy in doing what God's called us to do. We have no idea how much fun that this could be. If we could get a taste, we just need a taste. And do you know every one of you are called Every one of you are called to go and preach and let the good news message out of your heart to the lost. Every one of you, not one of you. Hey, I'm not a good speaker. It's okay, God will somehow use you anyway. He used Moses. He used Moses to deliver the whole nation of Israel and he had a lisp. He had every reason to not do it. God says, that's okay, I'm gonna use you anyway. And I'm gonna use you like nobody's ever been used. Amen. Y'all stand up with me. I'm going to bless you. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You have a place here. God is going to do something amazing here. I I hope this isn't so sad. I've tried to encourage you. It is a sad day in our family when we lose someone, it just is. There's no covering that up, and you're not supposed to. We're supposed to mourn, we're supposed to remember. You know, many of you have lost loved ones, lost spouses, you've lost children, you've lost parents, and it's okay to think back of those times that you've had, that those memories that you've had, but I want you to know that we do not face those things without hope. I face these things that are in my way with joy, peace, love, joy, righteousness, and the Holy Spirit. Those things can't be taken from me. Satan, you can't have it. Yeah, we got stuff we got to walk through. In Jesus' name, take care of my dad. Let him have peace. Just bless him. Those of that have gone before you, Lord, we just ask you just to bless them. Let's just pray. Father, but while we're here, Lord, I ask you just to reach our hearts, for you to speak directly to us and let us find purpose. And, Lord, let us get on with what it is that you've called us to do. And I ask you, Lord, as you've placed this in my heart, that this body would grab hold of it. And that we would not stay inward, but that we would turn outward. And that you would just give us a little bit of a, um, what's the word? Anybody, a craving. That Lord, that we would get a taste that we would crave it. That we would desire it. And that these worldly things that we are craving, that you would just defeat those cravings and make them taste bad to us. And that we would get a good taste of what you're desiring. And, Lord, that we would get motivated to do it. And as we do it, that you would just bless us with favor, with timing, um, with health. Lord, just with miracles. I can feel an incredible wave of your power and mercy and grace just about to come over us. Bless us, Lord. Help us. Find our place here. In this body, in this city, find our personal purpose. I just bless you, Lord. Father, I just want to praise you. It's your breath in our lungs, and we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. All the earth will shout your name, our hearts will cry, our voice will sing Great are you, Lord. You are great. Now let us go out of here, and Lord, let us go out of here with a message of hope, and Lord, let us give it. Let us release that. Build your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week.